just want to say thank you to the crew that put this um, staging up here just for me this morning. Um, You know, we started out, we were talking about in this series of Advent is how does a weary world rejoice? And we discussed as a staff even, it says, oh, there's so much weariness, can we just get away from that topic? And after further reflection, it became apparent that the way to joy is through acknowledging our weariness. Let's not deny it, but let's admit the opportunities that God of grace and mercy, we start out by saying somehow acknowledging our weariness allows for us to embrace the joy that can come right alongside of it. That maybe our weariness is still there. I mean, Zechariah did his duties. If you remember the first Sunday in Advent, he was working and his expectations were minimal because he had probably several unanswered prayer, one of those being with having a child. Many of us can connect to that. But then God shows up. Who expected that? He's in the Holy of Holies, the great sacred space, and God shows up in a messenger. So acknowledging our weariness, giving opportunity, is an important part of where we find how a weary world can rejoice. And last week, we find joy and connection as Pastor Andrew took us through this journey of establishing and making connections, how important it is, how Elizabeth and Mary made their connection, and how it transformed their lives into joy, even with all the challenges. And I share with you how important it's been for me and the loss of my dad this last week, how important it was that I've made connection with so many of you. Your love, your prayers, your support means everything to me. So finding joy through connection is important. How are you doing in connecting with others? Because today we talk about we allow ourselves to be amazed. It's intentional to say we allow ourselves. We play a role. And how ready are we? Pat read to us first from the Psalms from 126. And this whole first section of the Psalm is talking about just remembering God's probably in deliverance and celebration and how they came back from sorrow into places of great joy. And what a blessing that is. The second part was looking forward to the hope that maybe that same blessing that we remember would happen in their current challenge or circumstances. They're anxious over their current situation. And they're looking for another gracious act of restoration. Tears that they shed could mean sin and the the joy comes from repentance, turning. Anything we look at sin is that which hinders our relationship to God and and God is love and grace and mercy. And, And maybe when we turn towards that, we find the joy of the faith. I mean, life is hard, isn't it, at times? But this psalm is saying, hang in there because the compensation is amazing and the more sorrow seems to respond with the more compensation of joy. Could it be that tears fit us for the coming joy that we might experience, allowing us to share it? Spiritual reality that sorrow and tears and reaping and joy are inseparable. They have a connection. Not always easy to hear, but maybe our deepest hope This is a message of the Advent season. I mean, look at this psalm and you almost begin to think it, you know, sowing seed and harvest and everything. Shouldn't we be singing today, come, you thankful people come? Isn't this more like Thanksgiving? And yet, the psalm has something far deeper to tell us. It's more about come, O long-expected Jesus, the Advent promise. 
It looks to God for signs of promise in difficult times. And it begins by remembering the past. How the joy, the laughter, and the coming from exile led them to expressions of joy. Like the psalmist says, remember when. Remember the times when we're filled with laughter, how the entire family was together, how our church was full, like last night. Our nation was at peace and the world seemed, if not joyous, at least seemed safer. But one, Psalm 126 isn't about nostalgia. It's, it's remembering things for the present situation. It's remembering God's deliverance is available today and that transforming power is there for us. It's kind of like we compare it to Isaiah who is often saying streams and that uh, visions of streams in the desert giving life. But Psalm 126 is these water courses in the Negev. And Negev is a desert and the word means dry, parched, or that hottest place around. In the midst of that are rivers and torrents of hope and promise. Isaiah predicted that sorrow and sighing shall flee away, which is wonderful. But what does the psalmist say in 126? that we will be transformed into shouts of joy. It's not just the reduction of the challenges, reduction of the difficulty. It's a promise that will lead to shouts of joy. Words of joy incorporates abundance and power, and abundancy is the mark of what it means to live into our faith, that even in the midst of challenge, there's opportunity and the word that's used here has this almost this shout of victory and rejoice. Three times it's repeated in the psalm. It's certainly a Hebrew way of making sure we don't miss the poignant exclamation underscoring an ultimate joy. It's a promise of joy that kind of runs deeper sometimes than we seek to gain from our experiences. It's... it's um, it's no like jingle bells joy brought by swiping a credit card. It, it's seeds of joy, right, that are planted in sadness. That's why the tears are important. And these seeds are, are watered by tears. You know those seeds in your life, don't you? Those moments where your tears seem to hopefully give life to the challenges you're facing. This is honest joy, and it comes after long weeping of tired nights of weariness. But this understanding of joy is vital to our faith. Because sometimes I think we think it's the absence of weariness that makes our faith strong. Sometimes we think it's the absence of weariness that makes our faith strong. But it's knowing that in the midst of the weariness, there's a promise of the divine grace that's among us that our tears of joy will reap a harvest. Our seasons of anxiety and loss are transformed by these tears that birth and grow the sense of joy. It's transformative. We have a personal sadness. We have those moments we're sitting at the table and we miss the ones that aren't there. We have times when we share as a nation or as a church and preparations and it just seems like we're struggling with what is happening in the midst of the world and we long for the Prince of Peace to make us realize how far sometimes we have strayed from the path. We need to be aware of those realities because sorrow sometimes can separate us from God, can't it? But the message of Advent is true joy is a response of God's grace being realized and we're open to it. 
Sometimes we think joy is like our culture telling us it's about happiness and prosperity, which makes sense. I long for those things. But we acknowledge the reality that sorrow is what births the joy. It's recognizing God's presence in the midst of all of our sorrow. It's like those who celebrated in Psalm 126, a free people in a promised land. Psalm 126 makes the statement that seeds are not ordinary seeds, but seeds of sorrow, and the fruit that they bear is that shouts of joy. Paul says you reap what you sow. Instead, imagine sowing sorrow, reap in joy. It incorporates the ancient Near Eastern understanding that even when they were planting at the time, they would do it kneeling in this sense of, of weeping or acknowledgement of lament and trusting that the plants that they make will produce by the grace of God. Linking understanding a celebration of God's deliverance to the connection of the psalm is critical because they shall come home with shouts of joy. Thus, the psalm not only calls upon God to use this transforming power, but also calls upon us to be open to it. That we're not like Zechariah, wondering how did this messenger of God show up. We're expecting it. The possibilities. Whenever we encounter the challenges, but maybe the possibilities in a stable somewhere in a small town called Bethlehem, or maybe when we reflect upon the reality of an empty tomb. We've been journeying through this series with Sanctified Art, and I, I hope you've had an opportunity to, to grab a devotional because what I like about it is that it doesn't always have the days numbered, so when I forget for two days in a row, I can go back and not feel guilty. Um, but the message in it has been heartwarming and, and inspiring and challenging. In the story, Elizabeth gives birth, and now the neighbors and family celebrate with her. And when it comes to naming the child, they ask her what name. And of course, Elizabeth says we should call him John. And then everybody around him goes, why John? It's not a family name. So when the mother, the woman in the story says something, what do we do next? We go to the silent guy standing next to her. Hey, Zechariah, what should we name this child? And then he pens it out. Like the mother said, John. I don't know why we still struggle with those issues. But it's a promise and it's given to us. And then all of a sudden, shouts of joy and celebration enter into the experience. All those that are together, they recognize the blessing and everybody's filled with awe. How often do you find yourself amazed? How does awe find its way into your daily experience? Is there wonder around us? Or are we so settled and growing up that we can explain awe away. And what we find is that awe becomes the precursor to joy, the wonder and the surprise. Those who expect to reap tears are, are granted a surprise, shouts of joy in the psalm. Amazement is the balm for the weary. Allowing ourselves is intentional. How about when you go to, um, to get coffee and the barista starts creating this magical thing where they pour this, this uh, white cream into the coffee and then you look at it and you go, look at the artwork in this, you know? Where's the awe? Why do we let that go by? Take a moment, maybe say thank you. How about the warm light of the sun felt upon our skin? 
Or in this season, lights that are displayed to just to pause, to recognize how they can give beauty. Isn't it amazing that we can actually start talking to a loved one thousands of miles away in person and in and, and, and direct time? It's not just Star Trek anymore, right? And these moments of awe and recognition are a part of what brings us joy, the amazement. Amazement is the balm for the weary. It awakens up the numbness. It is the precursor to joy. Do we lose our amazement? Do we grow out of it? For those that have grandchildren, some of you great-grandchildren, you know this, right? You spend time with them? I was blessed because my grandson... I've got four wonderful grandchildren. It's amazing when Oliver, uh, in instances, he can just pause and, and then he points and then he smiles. And you say, yeah, Oliver, it's, it's a ceiling fan. <laughs> right? Or last night when he was here and he walks up to this huge animal. Well, that one we get. And he said, wow, this camel, that's, that's how big they are and smelly. He stands in awe and wonder. What are the things that give us awe and wonder? Elizabeth relates, or Elizabeth's relatives and neighbors, they, they rejoice with her. They join in the celebration of John's birth. And Zechariah's silence is overcome. There's a sense that this rejoicing has a word that talks about almost like someone else's joy is being shared, this ripple effect. It goes back to last week. Somehow this sense of being community together has an ability to, to drive joy out of it. You've been in those moments where all of a sudden a crowd, somebody starts laughing, and you don't even know why, but you got joy too. It's the power of connection. And it's reminded, like last week again here in this story, Zechariah's voice returns. They're praising God, and they're singing. The joy of connection, it's here. How does amazement change and shape us? And this is, an, it, it leads us to sing. And, and I think it's really important to go to the great prophet and see the code of elves and recite them together again from the great movie, Elf. If you can see this, read it with me. I have to be careful because I can hardly read it even with my glasses. Number one, treat every day like Christmas. Doesn't that fill with awe, wonder? Number two, there's room for everyone on the nice list. This is a gospel reality. And it's God's grace that allows it. And finally, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Singing, celebration, joy, connectedness. It transforms us. Have you had moments of awe that led to joy? And if you're struggling with it, I understand it. But there's a promise for us that if we allow ourselves to be amazed, we can wake with shouts of joy. Last night was incredible, but you know, for those that have been around this, you've been watching individuals like Neil and so many others giving so much time and energy, some for months and some for hours on end, leading up to this incredible celebration. And if you're here, you just felt amazed. And I heard it over and over again. This was amazing. The sharing of gifts, the choir singing. And honestly, I was blessed in your hymn today. I don't need the orchestra to accompany you. You were beautiful. 
But what a blessing last night was when we can all put those gifts together and make a difference and spread awe and wonder and mark the meaning of this season significantly. Are we open to the awe? Do we allow ourselves? Are we intentional about creating opportunities that we can see God at work in our lives? How might we more directly? Well, I had the opportunity of hearing the story of Randy Alt and Amy as they shared about their awe experience. And last week, when they left the worship and then went out to the uh, Christmas with the conscience tables and then saw the table uh, that Pat set out for reaching the homebound, and uh, they allowed themselves for awe. Let's listen to their message. Yeah, last Sunday, we went to the service and came out for a volunteer opportunity um, looking at the different tables in the community with an idea to do something to give back. And Pat was there with the poinsettias, and we decided that everything was set up. Um, it'd be a nice opportunity for us to get into the Christmas spirit, and that delivering a poinsettia ended up delivering um, a great deal of joy to both Amy and I. Um, the individuals we delivered it to were extremely grateful. They were very complimentary of the church, an opportunity to receive it, and it just really started the holiday season off in an excellent way for both of us. As an individual that doesn't have a great um, deal of a religious background, um, coming here has given me an opportunity to both receive um, some service information and also have the opportunity to volunteer and give back to the community, which is something that I certainly um, need, need to do more of, quite frankly. I think getting outside of my comfort zone to volunteer um, led to an opportunity to be amazed at the feedback you get from somebody, something so simple, just giving back to the community um, really led me to feel amazed and very joyful. So how is it with your soul today? How are prepared are you for the awe and the wonder of this season? Maybe be open to the amazement that God might speak into your life in the little things. And just letting the light shine more specifically into your life with hope and meaning. That's how the weary world rejoices. Let us pray. Holy God, for the promise of the season, the light that pierces into our darkness, then the mist of weariness comes this hope, this Messiah, your very presence with us. And for us to experience again, like last night, this a story we've heard over and over again, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> the gifts and the graces and the, the sense of community just helps lift our spirits and draws us into the joy and the meaning of who you are. I pray for each one of us today that wherever we're at in our journey, whatever struggles we might be facing, that maybe joy could accompany that weariness and just lift us today with meaning and purpose. Guide us. Help us in those moments we feel overwhelmed that we might be amazed at the awe and the wonder, celebrating the awe holy night with weary world rejoices. Be with us. In Christ I pray. Amen.
Now it's an opportunity for us to respond to God's grace and mercy into our lives, and we invite the ushers to wait upon us. We share of our tithes and offerings. Just remember that giving is an opportunity for us to reflect the very nature of the stamp of God on our hearts, to be generous and to honor God through our giving. May God be blessed through these gifts.